Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. This is Sue Barber. I am so thrilled today to introduce you to my new friend Amanda Upton. We met in a female podcast group and we are going to be on each other's podcasts and talk about our businesses and what's going on, but let me introduce you to her via her bio in one second and then we'll get into some great conversation. Amanda Upton is a podcast host, yoga teacher, former yoga studio owner, as well as a former corporate training and development director, turned mindset coach for female entrepreneurs. She helps women business owners uncover the beliefs, blocks, behaviors, habits, and patterns of thinking that prevent them from creating the business and life they desire. As the podcast host of Make Things Happen, she shares proven techniques and strategies to help women access positive energy and personal power so they can make things happen in their life and career like more money, joy, time, and energy. Amanda lives in Southern Vermont, where she enjoys skiing, swimming, mountain biking, and hiking with her husband and six-year-old daughter. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you so much, Sue. It's great to be here. I'm really excited. So Mindset Coach, talk to me about what you do with clients, how you work with them to help them remove those blocks and beliefs that they're struggling with. Yeah, so I work with women who have either just started a business or it's a side hustle, or it's even just a dream of becoming an entrepreneur. But there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of obstacles in the way of either making the dream happen or with growing their business. And primarily it's, if we break it all down, it's because there's a fear, a fear of failure, a fear that they're not enough, a fear that they don't know enough, a fear that They don't have enough value to offer. And so what I work primarily on is we get into the nitty gritty in terms of the business and and marketing and that sort of of thing. But we spend a lot of time really focusing on gaining more confidence and more clarity and more certainty and confidence really around um, who they are and what they bring to the table. And certainty being around, like, what are they actually offering? Like, what is the offer that they are creating or they want to create and who is it for? So getting really certain about that. And then getting really, or getting really clear about that, I should say. And then the certainty aspect is about, um, like, really being certain that they have value. That has been, that's like one of the biggest things is that they have value, that they have something to bring, that what they think what they have, their experience that they have, what the tools they've created, the strategies that they use, that it's all valuable, that it matters. So we spend a lot of time talking, thinking, working through that. I love that, especially the value piece, because I think that is the hardest part. It it definitely was for me, like, oh, you've got all this great corporate experience, but now in this world, does what you're doing matter? Like, (laughs) do you know what value you can provide to other people? I think that is the biggest barrier I definitely faced for myself. Yeah. And I think part of that is if we are entrepreneurs, we're usually going after something that's really meaningful to us. Mm -hmm. 
that either we have personal experience with, it's something that has been life-changing for us. So we're very close to it. And so it can feel really hard to be on the outside and go, okay, like this is how I offer value because it feels so much a part of you. Whereas when you're an employee, you're kind of kind of dictated what you're doing and what the priorities are and how you go about things. But as an entrepreneur, it's all up to you. And so it can be really hard to differentiate, like this is really valuable. And the experience I had prior to this entrepreneur um, endeavor is really valuable to, to really see that can sometimes be challenging. Yeah, because I think in the entrepreneurial world, there's so many choices. You can, you know, all of these different things come to you in your world. And it's like, well, that looks cool. I'll go do that. This looks fun. I'll yeah. go try that. But it's really a matter of, I love that you say what's important to us, not because we're trying to be selfish about it, but because we really see the value of what it's done to maybe help us or what we've learned from something that we feel like we can share with someone else. Uh, just yeah. different things that you know, really feel like we want to get out of bed in the morning and go work on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, that's the funnest part for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, I know that you spend a lot of time uh, with entrepreneurs. What do you think is the biggest, we've talked about some of the barriers, but what do you think the biggest successes you've had with people have been as clients to help them? You know, it's like there's big, exciting successes, like more, a num- clients and the income goes up, but I feel like the ones that are most meaningful and that touch like at a very deep level for the client, but also mean so much to me is the confidence that I feel like that can be the biz- biggest success is the confidence that they are doing something, not only that they care about, that other people care about. And that it's, a, it's like doing a service. And when that really all resonates, that I think is one of the biz- biggest successes is like really like landing in, this is who I am. This is what I offer. And it matters. Like having that certainty about yourself, when that comes all into play, then all the other wins, all the other victories come so much easier. And those things matter, like the increased income and the increased number of clients and those types of things. But what can feel so good and so rejuvenating and give you more energy and more enthusiasm and more empowerment is like, I'm doing this because I'm good at it, I care about it, and it serves other people. I think that's one of the biggest things I've seen. Have you noticed anybody struggle in any way with their visibility as an entrepreneur coming into this world from wherever they came from? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think probably every single person I've worked with has, <laughs> I'm like, yes, everybody I've worked with has experienced that. And, it, and it, what it often looks like is being afraid to do marketing. That's mm-hmm. often what it looks like is feeling like they're annoying if they share newsletters or do Facebook Lives, if they're putting themselves out there on any regular basis, it can feel like, ooh, I'm intruding or I'm annoying or nobody wants to hear from me. Like those are kind of the underlying feelings. And it in all of those thoughts and those actions, I mean, impact what's going to happen in your business greatly. So I see the visibility things show up often, like all the time. Definitely has shown up for so many people. And I love that you talked about the confidence before, because I do think that is the biggest piece is how to help people build confidence and know that what they're bringing to the table is a lot. It's really amazing stuff and it can help so many people. 
it, you know, if you just have to get out of your own way sometimes yeah. a little bit to see that for yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so let's step back for a second in your in your lifetime where you had your own yoga studio, a brick and mortar studio and all of the things that you did because I know your story a little bit, but I know that you did this when others could not. I know that you had success in this business. What do you think made a difference for you to have success versus what other people were doing? Well, one of the things that I was up against was um I live in a really small town and there had been three yoga studios before me. They had been um, kind of like boutique studios, small studios, and um, they didn't make it. And so I kind of knew that this was, I kind of had that story, but I didn't let that interfere with what I wanted to do. And I started really small. So one of the things that was really instrumental is I found a space. I offered all the classes. I did all the things. And I started really small and then just gradually grew. And I worked so hard to not let the stories of the previous studios impact me at all and to just really just carve my own path and to really focus on, I mean, I had to ask myself again and again and again, what does this studio mean to me? Like, what is it that I want to create? What matters? Like, what do I really care about with teaching and with community? And what what, what do I want to do? What really matters to me? And the more I focused on that, on where it is that I want to serve, the clearer the path became and the stronger I felt in myself. And, um, and it was really like, I really had to just continue to focus on that. And then the other part was I grew every year and in, in income in um, client base and even the amount of rooms that we had for our studio. But that success came after failing a bunch of times. Like I would try all different things. I would try different ways of marketing stuff. I would try different ways of talking about things. I would try hire some teachers and it didn't work out. And I just failed over and over and over again. And at that time I was working with a coach who was really like like asking for that, you know, like saying like you need to fail a lot to to succeed. And so that was super super helpful <laughs> with just like it's oh to fail. In fact, like you have to fail to succeed. And I had so many failures. And I think that, you know, on the outside, my business and other people's businesses can look like they just happened overnight or like, oh my God, they were so successful. How did they do that? But there were so many times where I didn't know what I was doing, or I tried something and didn't work out or like something happened where there was just a big fail. And, but then, but then I learned, I improved and grew from there. So that has been a huge part of it is just allowing, just going in, just doing it and allowing myself to fail and then picking myself back up and What keep an amazing going. coach to help you kind of normalize failure is a good thing, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. I think that's the one thing everybody, especially yeah. perfectionists and procrastinators try to avoid failure. So they either don't start or they try to make it so perfect that they never finish. Yeah. Uh, I love that you had that experience for yourself because I'm sure it made it easier as you continue to try new things, it was like, okay, next thing. I'll just do the next thing. Oh, yeah. She would have me write down 25 things I'm going to do each quarter that I could possibly fail at. Oh, my gosh. And I so love that. 
Yeah. And then keep a fail log. <laughs> and, and so it was like coming up with like all kinds of things that, and a lot of times failure comes when you don't know what you're doing or you've never done it before, or it's like super uncomfortable. And so it's like putting yourself out there in all kinds of ways for, so for some people that's like networking, right? Like going to a networking group can be a big opportunity to fail because you have to stand up in front of people. So it's like thinking about those things that are like, Oh, that's so uncomfortable. I'm going to do that thing. And I could totally fail at it. Yeah. It, it was really Oh helpful. my gosh. Okay. All the listeners <laughs> create your fail log. <laughs> Let's let's normalize it for everybody so we all don't struggle with that anymore. Yes. Uh, I do that with my clients now and it is really powerful. I, I'm totally I'm totally gonna steal that. Is that okay, Amanda? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I stole it from I my think coach. we all have to uh, have one of those. Okay, so looking at your website, what I love about you is it actually is Amanda. If you look at her website, it's very colorful, it's a lot of cool pictures of her. But I love that it also shows your values. And I'm wondering if that helps people connect with you. Has anyone said that to you? Like, I saw your values. I see what you really care about. Does that help you connect with people in a bigger way? Yeah, I haven't had anybody say that directly. But I think, like, for one, it helped me get clear Mm -hmm. when I put that on there. Like, what is it that I really care about? And so that I can keep speaking to that over and over Um, And that I'm showing up in that way. I appreciate that you see that in me. And um, yeah, I see it as a way for me to have clarity and for other people to get to know me in a deeper level. When we first met, we talked a lot about your morning routine and the things that you do. I would love to hear what your morning routine looks like, how it's helped you be successful and what you're doing with other people, you know, to create a, a morning routine. Oh, this has been just probably one of the biggest just one of the biggest things I've done for myself and my own connection with myself, but also for my work. And I started doing like getting really serious about a morning routine when I had my yoga studio. And I had my yoga studio for, gosh, just under a year when I had my my baby, when I had my daughter. And um, that was when it became really apparent that like, I'm having a really hard time. I was having a super hard time. Like I had a business and I had a newborn baby. And um, of course, like their struggle is natural with all of that. And then it came to a point, like I think she was six or seven months old where I was like, oh my God, I am going to go crazy because I'm either working on my business or I'm with my daughter. It was one or the other. And it was one of those things where it's like when she was napping, I was working on my business. And when, you know, anytime she was asleep and then when she was awake, I was with her. So I had like no time for myself. So I was getting, I was getting really resentful and I was feeling really frustrated because I had two things that I loved deeply that I didn't really have enough energy for, or that I wanted to be able to give more to. And so I started researching and started looking it up. And I had always had some like a yoga practice for years before that, but I never had like a morning routine. And I started looking that up and I learned about um, how to create a morning routine. Cause at that point, like my brain really wasn't working that clearly. And I needed like guidance, like I needed steps to follow. And so I started following, um, the person I was following at the time was Robin Sharma, and he's all about helping leaders like at their like lead at their peak. And he talked about a morning routine, and he's pretty intense. So, like, I don't really follow him anymore because the intensity was just a little too much. But 
what I learned from him was how to wake up earlier and then how to structure my time. And so I started doing that and it really changed everything for me, like in pretty rapidly, like in terms of feeling like I had space for myself. I think that was one of the biggest things was just feeling like I am giving myself something. I'm giving myself 10 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the morning where it's just me and I'm just taking care of myself and don't have to worry about my business or my husband or my daughter or anything. It's just me. And that was so refreshing and revitalizing. And it really gave me um, a deeper connection to myself. So from that point, I just began to grow it and grow it and grow it. And now I'm at a point where I take an hour for myself every morning. So this has been like a six-year process, by the way. And you don't need to take an hour. You can take 10 minutes and it's totally fine. But what I do in the morning is I meditate, I journal, and I do yoga. And depending on the season, I might um, replace yoga with taking a walk outside. But I'm doing something in the morning, and you can do whatever you want in the morning, but my practice is really about connecting with myself. And this is what I strongly encourage all of my clients to do as well, is because we deal so much, especially as entrepreneurs, with, with feeling a lack of confidence around who we are, with feeling a lack of clarity, with feeling like, I don't know what I bring, or I don't even know what I want, or I don't know what it is that I want to create. Like all of these questions, when you have a morning practice that you can go to and rely on, that is your time to go inward. Because much of our day, we are totally distracted by all the stuff that's happening outside of ourselves, or we're over-consuming information and we can't think clearly and we don't know what it is we want or we need and we're in a place of compare and we're comparing to what other people are doing and it's really hard to clarify like what I want versus what other people want from me versus what society's doing versus what I think I should be doing marketing-wise. It can feel really confusing and messy. But if you have that time in the morning and it doesn't even need to be specifically about your business it's just space in the morning where you're not having to be anything or anyone for anybody else. And you just get to sit and feel into or, or walk or do yoga or whatever, but you're sitting in feeling into what do I care about? Like, what am I feeling today? What am I believing about myself today? And you're just feeling those different layers of yourself and you're getting to know yourself at a very deep level. And it's through that process, it's like a, a really deep, knowing and understanding and you're developing a relationship with yourself that at first feels awkward and may feel surface level and it may feel like I don't really have like much going on here. But the more you take that time, the more clarity comes around like what I care about or what I need or what I want or the ideas begin to surface about like, oh my God, I could do this thing. I could offer this thing. I could contact this person. I could go to this event. Like things start to just come up and it's like a really great way to stay inspired and connected with yourself. So it's something that I, I encourage. I walk people through the process of how to do that. And really the more you can commit to a time for yourself every day, and I recommend the morning because the morning is the easiest time to make it happen without other stuff getting in the way. The more you have that consistent practice, the more you show up for yourself, the more you're going to be able to show up for other people. And not, not just your family, but being able to show up for your clients, your business, for the goals within your business. You're going to show up to in a greater degree and in terms of more energy and more clarity, and you're going to have way more to offer. 
I totally agree. And I did that uh, when I was working um, at corporate even. I just found it to be, much like you, the only time I really had to myself (laughs) with young children at the time. And I feel like it's also, it opened up a ton of creative ideas for me that I wasn't expecting. I just expected it, you know, it was a time for me to kind of think about things and all of that. But I would see myself in meetings coming up with these ideas that I don't even know where they came from. And I thought, wow, this is the only thing I'm doing that's different is this morning routine Mm -hmm. now. And so it has to be creating that for me in a different way than I even expected. So I love that people are, I know there's millions of people doing a morning routine. I think it's an amazing thing to do. If you've never done one before, where would you start? What do you advise people to start with? Is it one thing? Do you you like them to do two or three things? What do you think is the best approach? Well, I think that the first place I I often start with is just really determining your why. Like, why do you want to make this happen? Really understanding, is it because you're wanting more time for yourself? You're wanting more energy? You want to move your body more? You want to, like, can work through some feelings and you want to journal through that, like what your why is. And and for a lot of people, it's just simply like, I just need space. Like I just need space. And that why is totally enough, but just knowing what you are, why you're going into it, like why you're going to make this space. And then just thinking about, um, there's no wrong thing to do in the morning. There's no like specific thing that you need to do. It just needs to matter to you. And it needs to be something that's going to keep you in an intentional space, meaning that you are not consuming information or news or anything like that, but you're in a space of being with yourself. So you could choose to do yoga or meditation or take a walk or journal, or just simply sip tea and look out the window at the birds. Like just something that is a container for yourself and asking yourself, so you know what your why is. And then just asking yourself, like, what am I craving? Like, what would I, what would feel amazing to do right now? And maybe that's even like dancing in the morning. So like, what would feel really, really good? And then the, and the next place to start is for one, you're just going to give yourself permission to do like 10 minutes in the morning. You don't need to do something huge and long. And then the next thing is to start the night before. So really the key to starting your morning practice is to get everything ready the night before. And this is where I spend a lot of time with people on is like the way you're going to make your morning routine happen is if you prepare everything in the night before, because you, when you, if you don't have anything prepared, like you don't know what you're going to do, where you're going to do it, or you don't know where your supplies are, then those are all decisions you have to make in the morning. And when you have so many decisions like that, for one, you're probably going to get to overwhelm because you don't know where things are, or you don't know what video you're going to pick on YouTube or whatever, or you're going to like, you're going to reach decision fatigue where you're just over it. <clears throat> you're just over it. And you're just like, I don't know. I don't want to do this anymore. I'll just do it tomorrow. And you put it off. But if you make all the decisions the night before, then all you have to do is wake up and go do the thing. And that makes it so much easier. Mm -hmm. And I I also just want to emphasize again, it can be 10 minutes. Like it doesn't, 10 minutes is enough. Five minutes is enough. Just getting yourself to your mat or to your journal or on your walk, you just get there. And however much time you can spend there is going to be beneficial. That is really great advice because most people, if you're, especially if you're getting up earlier in the morning, they might just, you know, hit the snooze button and roll back over into bed. If you don't think about, I always used to, when I would go to the gym in the morning, I'd have everything ready because I knew if I didn't have everything ready, I would not work out. (laughs) So I would just, you know, roll over and go back to sleep because it's, you know, it's so early. So I can see 
where this would be a really great best practice to prepare for this. And if you really care about it, you really want to do it, you know, preparing the night before is just a part of the process to get ready yeah. for it. And and to bring it back to the failure thing, like let yourself fail in the process. Like if you sleep through one night or one morning, like big deal, just try again the next mm-hmm. day. If you have five minutes instead of the 10 minutes that you had planned on, no big deal. Like you just keep, keep it rolling, keep it going. Just don't give up. Yeah. Are you an advocate at all in journaling for prompts or do you want people to just kind of document and write out whatever's in their heads? That's a great question. I'm for either, whatever works for you. I know that sometimes I feel like just journaling from whatever's in my head, but then sometimes it's really helpful to have a prompt because sometimes I'll just kind of journal in cycles almost. It feels like I'm kind of talking about the same thing where if I have a prompt, it kind of allows me to go deeper. So Mm -hmm. prompts can be super helpful. Yeah, I like them sometimes just because it's easier to like write off of something and then I'm sure other things come out (laughs) once you do it anyway, but it's a a good starting place, especially seeing that blank page I found Uh can be a little overwhelming sometimes. Like, what am I going to write? What am I going to say? But I I used to do that. I I switch between just a blank, like notebook and a journal that has questions. Like I have Mm -hmm. a journal that I really like. Um, Well, I have two that I really like. One is the Glennon Doyle... um, untamed journal. And the other one is this journal called Encourage. And they both have great, great questions. So if you're wondering. I would love it if you could share the links with me. I'll put those in the notes for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've also been using uh, an app called Clearful. I don't know if you're familiar with that, which it's really nice because it has a bunch of prompts in there and it has a little, um, little templates that you can fill out. So there's one, you know, for example, gratitude, you know, a five minute morning thing. So it also has it all laid out. So it makes it really simple. If you want to write, I think writing is a really great way to journal for sure. And I think it gets in all the stuff out of your head sometimes in a better way. But if you want to do something quick and you have your phone, that might be another option to consider. What was that and called again? It's Clearful, C-L-E-A-R-F-U-L. Oh, I'll and check that out. the people who created it are really great with feedback. So I'll say, hey, could you add this? And they'll send right back. Sure. Wait, that's a great idea. We'll put that in. So, I mean, they're really open, which I love. Um, They've been very, very responsive whenever I've asked any questions or anything. So that's cool. If if you're a phone person or an app person and you want to do it, uh, that's another option to consider. So we are going to go into what I call now the rise up and be visible quick tips. So these are four questions that I ask everybody, and I would love to ask you and see sure. what your answers are. The first one, fill in the blank. Visibility is? Allowing yourself to be seen and heard. Ooh. Now, was that something that you struggled with at, at any point? Oh, my gosh. Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> I worked in um, like corporate offices doing training and development. It was often at the table with executive leaders. And I was always like, why am I here? What am I doing? Should I be here? How do I, how do I um, like create value here? It was always a big question mark for me. And that was, that, that was, you know, I'm talking about it in a way that feels like I had conscious thought about it then, but really I was just scared right? Mm-hmm. I was scared to put myself out there. And that has been something that I've, I've worked on a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Imagine a world where nobody had that. I know. <laughs> Imagine what that would, I just, that's what I would like for the world to look like where we don't have those 
uh, thoughts in our head anymore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you have an advice or a tip that you would share with listeners on what you have specifically done to be visible? This has been really all about mindset. For a while, I was taking action and I was doing the actions that would create visibility, like posting or, and I'm thinking more of my entrepreneur work, um, posting or a Facebook Live or a newsletter, but I was doing it in a way that was like, I, I hope you're going to like this and kind of like... <laughs> Like feeling an element of like, I'm not worthy of this or um, like I'm not questioning my value as I was posting that thing. And so it's been a lot of mindset work around like what I have matters. And that's really where it has come from is like when I have the mindset of what I have matters and that what I create is valuable and that I'm here to serve, then it's so much easier to put myself out there and so much more comes back to me in that way. Like it's just, it becomes more of a conversation between me and the people I'm connecting with versus me just putting myself out there and there's crickets. It's just, it's, it's been all the way down to mindset about like that I, what I am doing, what I have to say, what I think, what I feel, what I offer is valuable. I love that. And I feel the same. I f sometimes feel like the ones that I struggle with to write a blog that I'll struggle with to write. And I'm not sure if it's wonderful. You know, like I sometimes have a gut check and say, yep, that's good. And sometimes that doesn't happen. But I think, you know what, I have to I have to get it out there. I think it's good. People respond the most to the ones that I struggle with the most, which I find interesting. So it's probably my own little perfectionism sneaking in there, trying to hold me back from putting it out there. But I've tried to live with imperfect action as much yeah. as possible and put it out there anyway. And I find it's always fascinating to me because those are the ones I get the most comments on or the most emails back on are the ones that I think, eh, I don't know if that was as good as it could have been. Oh, and totally. Yeah, it's yeah. resonating. <laughs> it's resonating. It happens to me all the time, especially if I just write it and send it and I'm not like going yeah. over it a bunch of times. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Overthinking it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how about some great leadership or career advice that you've received? Oh, gosh. I feel like, it, you know, it really is about the failing. Like the more you fail and recover and improve, the better you're going to be as a person, as an entrepreneur, as a leader, all of the things. And and I think it's really important that there is this, you're not just going out and taking action and failing, but there is an opportunity that, or you take the opportunity to okay, what, what worked? What didn't? What would I do differently? Have some sort of evaluation of that and, and so that you can improve and do better next time. But to definitely just go out there and take action. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. How about any books that you would recommend to the listeners? Um, I am reading this book. I'm not done with it, but I'm really enjoying it called F the Shoulds, Do the Wants. <laughs> okay, I have not heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really, it's, it's, it's a mindset book in that like you're paying attention to how often am I saying should, thinking should, telling mm -hmm. other people what they should do, because all of that comes from expectation or thinking that there's some way that you need to be or act or, or whatever in order to be accepted or valued or whatever, but really, un and then, and then looking at like, okay, why am I saying should? Is that something I actually want to do? It's like really getting clear on your language and what you actually mean. And, and so that you're, you are acting from a place of want versus should. 
And it's really interesting. It's been a super fun process of paying attention to what I'm saying to myself and what I'm what I'm sharing and what I'm how I talk to other people. It's been great. Like it's a little experiment. Uh-huh. I love that because what we say to other people really says a lot about what we think about ourselves. We don't always realize that, but we're said I tell people that when I'm coaching them like what what did you just say to that person? Let's talk about that, right? Because usually at least for me, it was devaluing myself or um, trying to look at things and put them down and say they weren't good enough. But I've seen it in clients now where they'll talk about themselves in a negative way. Like, you know, it's not a big deal. That was not a big deal that I did that. You know, I'm like, oh, let's celebrate that, right? Let's Mm -hmm. talk about the great things that you've done and share those with other people because they're creating a perception about you Mm -hmm. simply by what you're saying. So you really have to be mindful of that and pay attention. And I I agree 100% the shoulds, Get in the way (laughs) all the time. Completely get in the way. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So how can people get in touch with you, Amanda, learn more about you? And I know you offer offer a course on your website. Are there other things that you have going on that you want to share? Oh, thank you. Um, So you can get in touch with me at soulcareclub.com, or you can also find me on Instagram at soulcare.club. And um, right, I do offer a morning miracle course, which I'll be offering again in the fall. And um, that is all about how to really harness the, the power of the morning. And then other than that, I offer one-on-one coaching and really helping female entrepreneurs um, increase their growth and their the money that they're making and their visibility. So it's amazing. Well, I know you're doing great work in the world and helping people get through the blocks that they have. And most of the time, I think people don't realize that that's what's really holding them back. They just have no idea, you know, that those are the things in our head that are just getting in our way and keeping us small and not letting us progress. So I love the work that you're doing. And I'm so excited to have met you and have you on on the podcast and excited to be on your podcast. So uh, the more we can do to help people move past this. I think it's just a great gift that we're giving to the world. Oh, thank you so much. And it's been such a pleasure to be on your podcast. Thank Thank you so much. Okay, everybody. Well, thank you so much for joining and we will catch you on the next Visibility Factor podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor Podcast.